This is Yonder. everyone it's jeff robbins and this is episode 39 of the yonder podcast uh we get together every couple of weeks and talk about remote work with someone who's thinking about remote work a leader of remote workers uh that kind of thing. Um, this week, we are talking to Evan Varsimus, who is the CEO at Gadget Flow. Um, I think I first came across Evan through an article he'd written in Forbes, and then that uh, eventually led to this interview. And we're going to talk about, I don't know, re- remote work and uh, uh, sort of being an entrepreneur and and uh, um, how harnessing the power of remote work can help sort of move things forward from a business standpoint, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. If you're not already subscribed to the Yonder newsletter, please do that. We've got a great little update that goes out uh, every week, every other week, something like that. It's uh, full of great information, links to stuff that we're posting, things that other people are posting, stuff like that. Uh, you can find it at yonder.io. Uh, probably if you just go to the homepage, you can find it pretty quickly. Or you could just go to yonder.io slash newsletter and uh, and you'll find it there. Uh, and if you're not already subscribed to the Yonder podcast, uh, please do that. You can do it in your favorite podcast solution itunes google play stitcher whatever you like uh and if you leave a review it would be great to help others find us so that would be appreciated all right let's get to our interview with evan versamis hi evan welcome to the yonder podcast hi thanks for having me yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, well, let's see. Let's tell people a little bit about you. How how would you describe yourself to uh, the listeners of the podcast? Sure. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of Gadgetflow. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and advisor in two other companies. I'm also a Forbes and Inc. contributor, uh, and I'm a big-time hustler. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you talking to us from right now? Um, Athens, Greece. I'm actually in Europe right now, although I'm usually based in New York City. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> I had no idea. We did. We, we talked to get set up and stuff like that. Had no idea. That's, yep. that's <laughs> kind of far yeah, away, right? See. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's just sort of a sign of the times, you know, that, that we could kind of connect and talk to each other. I assumed that you were at least in the States somewhere, but, uh, that's yep. great. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Let's see. So you have just sort of a wide variety as as an entrepreneur. I think I first came across you uh, through something you'd written in Forbes, and uh, and then we got you on the list of people to get on the podcast and and stuff like that. But talk to me about generally sort of your involvement with remote work, right? And maybe sort of as that relates to your history, uh, ultimately as an entrepreneur. Right, right, right. Um, so I've started shipping and finance, which is something that I'm not practicing at this point, obviously, <laughs> uh, back in Athens, Greece in uh, 2009. 
And I started working in a shipping company for about a year and a half, which is the usual corporate environment of like 60 to 100 people. Um, and uh, I quickly realized that this, this wasn't for me. Um, I had to wake up like early in the morning, hit the snooze like a bunch of time, uh, times during, uh, during the morning and, you know, get up, try, try to go to the shower, drive for an hour, commute for an hour uh, in the morning and about another hour in the afternoon. Um, and pretty much I was not, I was definitely not happy and I wasn't inspired. Uh, and I could definitely not imagine myself. I couldn't like imagine myself in my uh, early 40s or even late 50s still doing the same thing. Um, switching gears, like when I was 14, 15 years old, I was into like design and coding. Um, I, I had my own like web design company when I was 18 years old before I actually joined college with my best friend back then. Um, and I was doing like freelancing, you know, helping companies build their websites. Um, but as I was growing older, I was like, you know, this this isn't going to work uh, out here in Greece. Therefore, I have to do something, let's just say, more concrete, right? I was wrong, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so um, I've studied shipping for four years, joined the corporate world for like a year and a half, close to like two years. And then I said it's, it, was, it was pretty much enough, right? So I decided to launch my own um, media agency here in Greece and focus again uh, in digital advertising, uh, marketing, um, web design, design, and everything in between, pretty much. So we had mostly Greek customers for the first few months, and then we ended up having also lots of um, uh, smaller projects uh, throughout, like Europe, as well as a few projects from the states. Um, and that's when we also captured the idea of gadget flow. So we we're actually struggling one day and said, you know, we're trying to look for high-quality production line. On the one hand, you had like in Gadget, on the other hand, uh, you had websites like platforms like Amazon, right? But mm -hmm. there was nothing in between. Um, we're going to get to that obviously later. Um, but we launched Gadgetflow. As soon as we realized its potential, it was about a year and a half working in the media agency. We decided to close the agency in Greece <laughs> and focus 100% um, on Gadgetflow. So that was back in 2012. Today, we're reaching about 25 million people. Uh, we're a team of 28 people headquartered in New York, although everybody pretty much works remotely. So we have people from London, Italy, Greece, uh, New York, Connecticut, LA, Singapore, and so on. Wow. That's a pretty good ratio of uh, site visitors to employees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, so also tell us also about sort of the other things you're doing in the entrepreneurial world. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm a self-taught designer, web developer, uh, marketeer, right. Um, uh -huh. you know, I had passion for like, especially design when I was like 14, 15 years old. That's why I started developing websites as well. Um, and I got into a point in which I was comfortable selling my services, right. To like customers and businesses, um, so I've, I've, I've actually created more than a hundred websites by now, <laughs> um, as, as, as personal projects, I had about six or seven websites. I've sold all of them, not for an insane amount of money, but it was pretty good back then, obviously. Um, and after I decided to like focus on Gadgetflow, it's been Gadgetflow 15 hour days since 2012. Um, we're growing with a 200% rate on a yearly basis, which is insane. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm excited to wake up in the morning and start working on my 
my company. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so how did what what was behind the decision to make uh, a fully distributed company? Um, I mean, I was first of all, um, I don't understand like, especially in the tech industry, and especially if you're like a founder from like Europe or Asia, and you you know your 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 focus, your target audience is based in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to hire people from like London or like Greece, right? So I, especially back in like 2012, remote work was getting like kind of viral, right? Everybody was talking about it. And I was like, I want to give it a try. But the the main reason that I did it was the fact that I was sick of commuting. <laughs> so spending like hours on a daily basis on your car, even listening to podcasts, right? Or the radio or doing this and audiobook or that. Um, it just doesn't make sense in our age. And I felt pretty bad when I was doing it for about two years back in the day. Um, so I thought that with this company, I'm going to keep it like 100% remote, right? Uh, since I can do it, since we're talking about an online business, we don't have a retail store. So it just it just made sense back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how, um, what what has it been like? I mean, what would have been the advantages and I suppose would have been the disadvantages of of building a team like right. this i mean the the disadvantages are let's start with the bad stuff right um <laughs> the fact that you can actually um stop working especially if you're talking about your business right it's not that you have to work eight hours and then you know uh get out of your house or your uh remote works uh, workspace or whatever so it's really hard to disconnect in a way um i'm not i don't think that's necessarily bad for me because personally i find that as an advantage compared to like having to commute to the office and then for like two hours a day then spending eight nine ten hours in the office and then heading back home um and having to work for at least another hour or two you know checking emails and doing other stuff right which would be something that you would do anyway right. that you can anyway, make make the most of it. your time optimize your time right exactly exactly so um I guess it's mostly good stuff. I would say if I had to guess a percentage, it's like 98% good stuff and 2% bad mm-hmm. stuff, which is mostly the disconnect disconnect part. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, the fact that it's kind of more challenging, let's just say, to build a culture. So that's something that we've, we've, we haven't like focused on, especially the first couple of years. Um, and I realized that it was, you know, hurting all our team mm-hmm. uh, back then. We weren't doing like, you know, uh, weekly or monthly uh, calls, like one-on-one calls or team calls. Uh, we're just five or six people back mm-hmm. then, right? Yeah. So it was primarily yeah. like chat and email. Um, but all of that changed in uh, 2014. We decided to do like one-on-one calls every single week. Um, then we, we obviously, as we we're growing as a team, um, we hired more people. So we created like, you know, segments in the company. Like we had the marketing department and then we had the customer support. So we decided to like jump on like, bi-weekly uh, calls to talk about strategy, the next steps, you know, weekly and bi-weekly reviews and so on. So we've created, like, and of course, uh, talking about culture, we've created multiple activities. Like we have lots of activities going on on a weekly basis, mostly primarily through Slack. Um, that's like a favorite tool by far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's it's mostly good stuff. And I guess the biggest benefit for me is the fact that I don't have to commute. I can travel as much as I as I want. 
uh, on a yearly basis. I'm, I'm traveling quite a lot, especially between New York and Athens, uh, and then London and other places. Um, I had a couple speaking gigs as well last year. So, you know, the fact that you're like so flexible as, as an individual, as a human being, you know, we have this flexibility. We can literally work. Um, I honestly had a call with a customer from an A380 plane uh, about a year ago <laughs> at, at, at 38,000 feet, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so you get the idea, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so... I- what advice would you give to uh, a company that's uh, out either as a as a fully remote company like like you did, uh, or maybe transitioning over? Um, it sounds like it took you a little while to kind of capture yeah. culture. Uh, um, yeah, what advice would you give about mm-hmm. that or other things? So I've talked with a lot of uh, people, especially other CEOs from startups, uh, primarily based in the States. And one of the mistakes that I see that many companies are doing at this point is the fact that they're not going all the way in with remote working, um, which means that they still have an office. They still have, for example, 15 people working from their headquarters, but also they have uh, two or three different teams probably in Europe or like other parts of the States, right? Um so it's the, the the breakdown is more like fifty percent in the, working in the headquarters and another fifty percent working remotely, which basically divides your entire yeah. company. Yep. If you think about it, I don't recommend that as a practice. Yeah, I, I that never happened with us, but I've seen it happening in front of me with other right. companies, right? That I'm close with. Um, so I definitely don't recommend that. And primarily, the people that are, you're going to hurt are the people that are working remotely because they're going to feel no matter what you do, no matter how many one-on-ones you're going to do with them, they're going to feel yeah. disconnected. At them. Yeah. So you don't recommend a hybrid situation either. Everybody's nope. remote or no one is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I found that uh, sometimes companies can do that if they're big enough and it's a whole department that's remote uh, or, you know, there's a whole section that's remote, but it has to be an even playing field. Maybe that's an American term. (laughs) Anything that refers to baseball is (laughs) American. It has to be a level, level situation for everyone. Uh, And, and uh, yeah. uh, Yeah. 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 Hmm. Are there other things that you've found uh, that um, mistakes that companies can make uh, trying to support a remote team? I mean, um, you have to develop like a really strong culture, which I would say it's quite, like I said earlier, it's two or three times more challenging compared to like being in an office. Um, Because you have to realize people, people most probably are working, you know, in their pajamas. They're working like, 3,000 kilometers or miles away, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, and especially when we're talking about different cultures, it becomes way more overwhelming and way more complicated. Because um, it's, it's, it's a totally different story if we talk about a team of 20 people from New York working from their home, and a totally, a totally different thing if we talk about 20 people working from um, 10 or 15 different yeah. countries, yeah. right? So you have, to do, you have to do your homework when it comes down to like, vacations when it comes down to like holidays um you're gonna have a lot of challenges when it comes down to like um being as prepared as possible right uh no matter how organized you are as an individual right as a leader um it's gonna take some additional work let's just say um if you have an mm-hmm. international team you know um and feeling as prepared as possible obviously is like uh, in your benefit so 
it's going to be more challenging, but hmm. I feel like it's worth um, it. So talk to me about, about that. You mentioned you've got, you, you said sort of off the cuff, you may have people working in their pajamas. Uh, you've got a team that's uh, from a, a wide variety of different time zones. Uh, and so you may have people right. <laughs> working in their pajamas. How, how do you handle things like uh, meetings? When do you schedule meetings for people? When when are people's work days? Do you define a work day for the company or for the people within your company? And then also, like, are you? Uh, There's a whole bunch of questions all at once. I apologize. And then also, know, right? <laughs> are you know, are you doing video conferencing or mostly audio conferencing? And sort of how are you handling, uh, like, how right. when you say you're doing these one on one calls, what do those look like? Uh, so, so, right. So it's mostly video conferencing, especially if you, like I said, if you have a remote team, you definitely mm-hmm. want to do video conferencing, right? It's five, 10 times more effective than just the other guy, just hearing you and like listening to you instead of like seeing you. Right. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's like 2018, like everybody does like FaceTime or Skype. So it just makes sense to do it sure. with your team as well. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, when it comes down to like scheduling calls and meetings, I guess in the beginning it was kind of challenging, but at this point it's pretty natural to us. Like after all these years, it's, it's been five plus years, right? Um, so it's like pretty, it feels pretty natural to us. We know, for example, we have uh, fixed times for like a growth meeting, our customer support meeting, our one-on-ones. So it's more like a recurring process, I would say. It's not that you have to sit down and say, okay, you know, March 20th. Uh, it's a Sunday. Like, uh, okay, let's do to the 21st. What time are you available? I'm between five and six. Oh, I have to do something during that. I'm uh-huh. like, it's not like that. Right. Um, it's, I think that it feels like, um, when, I don't know what's your experience like in the corporate world, but when you're like in an office and you're having like your lunch break, right. Um, mm-hmm. it, it feels natural, right. You know, at like one thirty, two 2 PM, you got an hour to eat your lunch, you know, do some chatting, you know, do your own thing or whatever. Uh, so I guess that it, it, it feels pretty much the same, um, whether you're like in an office or whether you're working remotely. There are specific times in which you have to be um, present, you have to be available, and you have to be there right. for your team. Basically. Well, and you develop a rhythm around that, but certainly like the actual time sure. that people are actually eating lunch is different <laughs> in, in, in Greece as opposed to it New is. York city or, or <laughs> do you have people as far uh, West as California? Did I can't remember. Where you, yeah. Yeah. So you've got yep. people spread out across LA. Yep. what's that? Uh, n- nine, uh, nine hours, 10 hours of, of, of t- 12 hours. Right. 12 yeah. Hours. Yep. So how, how do you, ch- like, if you, do you do like all company meetings? When, when do those happen? So, I mean, we try to avoid, like, hands-on meetings, except if we have, like, any huge announcement, which is usually every, like, 60 uh-huh. to 70 days, right? Um, because that means some people, most of the time, will have to, you know, stay up until, like, 11 p.m. at 9, or some other people might have to wake up at, like, 6 a.m., right. you know, just to participate, uh, which is something that, you know, they basically accept because it's right. – Part right. of the work, and that's it's something we've certainly um, talked about on the so, podcast before. Yeah. It's like it tends to be that uh, sure. there are a couple of different ways. You, if if people have a global presence, either they can split their teams up by time zone a little bit, at least project based, or you just tell people like, listen, you know, sort of the 
primary time zone for this company is New York or London or or whatever, and everybody else kind of needs to shift their day accordingly. Um, and you know, right, right. So I mean, in our company, like I said, um, we have a pretty unique setup. So. Um, well, I don't know how unique it is, but <laughs> what we do basically is something that we thought about internally. It's not something that we read online. Um, so we've created two different teams, one US-based, uh, one European Asian team, right? Uh, especially for like customer support and sales. So pretty much our team works like, like our company is like available on a 24-7 basis, right? Um, so that has, helped us, that has helped us a lot because when we're talking, for instance, about customer support, um, we try to overlap um, by like one or two or three hours, right, between shifts. So when they're working at the same time, for example, um, two or three people at the same time, if something <laughs> happens, and trust me, something will happen, uh, <laughs> you'll have, yeah, you'll have like someone being right. there available, yep. right, to fill in the gap. Um, if someone, for example, is not feeling well, if someone, for example, is on a really long call with a customer, um, it's always, you know, good to um, have someone to fill 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 it, fill, fill in that gap specifically. Um, so we haven't had any issues, to be honest with you, this year. Uh, up in 20, 2016, early twenty seventeen, uh, I guess our team wasn't complete just yet, so things were kind of like more challenging back then. Um, but now, like the entire twenty seventeen, our goal was to build like a decent core, like a pretty good structure of our team. Uh, so then, so that in 2018, we can scale mm -hmm. pretty easily. Um, and we did just that. Like we've basically created a pretty good sales team, a pretty good customer support team, um, uh, an amazing growth team as well. So things are moving like way, way faster compared to like a year before nice. even a couple of years before. Um, yeah. I've always sort of felt like, uh, a lot of the systems and processes that you need to put in place to make a distributed team work uh, are good for scaling and growth. Uh, there are oftentimes systems and processes that uh, a yeah. co-located company wouldn't put in place till they got to 75 or 100 people, um, you know, sort of around mm -hmm. communication and sort of connection and, and all that kind of stuff that you can kind of fill in the gaps with in-person uh, looks and gestures and high fives <laughs> that uh, that you can't do uh, right. in a distributed company. Uh, but on the other hand, you can't high five everybody at a hundred person company, at least with, without some efforts and some sore ha sore hands. Uh, yep. Talk to me about uh, in person. Uh, are there times that you get together uh, uh, either with some people or everyone at your company? Do you have like company retreats or anything like that? So we're we're planning our first team retreat uh, this September. Unfortunately, can't disclose the location <laughs> because not even our team knows about that. Um, so yeah, we're, we're keeping that a secret, right? Um, but we're pretty excited about this. Um, we're planning a trip for the entire team. It's going to be the first time that we meet all together. Um, the funny thing is that, well, not the majority of the team, but many people, um, since the team travels a lot, right? They have the flexibility of like working remotely. So we have people that are literally within a year, they've, mm -hmm. they've changed like six or seven countries, right? I'm talking about working there for like a sure. month or so or many, many weeks. Um, so as, as our team travels, you know, we have, we might have someone, 
you know, staying, staying in London for like six months and another uh, guy, for example, traveling in London or passing through London. So they're going to arrange a meetup, you know, just the two of them. Um, so that's, and that's, that's, that's pretty cool to be honest. You know, we always enjoy seeing photos of like our team being together, even if that means two or three people, you know, they just happen to be at the same city, the same time. And they just, you know, they're just hanging out. So, um, that has happened to me as well. I've met with my editor in chief. Um, I met with my, uh, development team, uh, chief of customer support, um, sales team. So with pretty much like. Not the entire team, but a good percentage, I would say like 60, 65%. Uh, but of course, there are people that I haven't even, uh, you know, haven't even been on the same continent, you know? <laughs> so, um, but of course, like we're definitely excited about our upcoming team retreat. I think that's going to help us, um, you know, like get even more connected as a team, um, as well as become yeah, more comfortable. Yeah, with absolutely. It's, uh, it's interesting, um, you know, I've been doing this podcast for a while and, and uh, my company Lullabot, I started uh, in 2006 and, you know, I've talked a lot about remote work, mm-hmm. uh, but a really important part of remote work is getting together in person. Uh, it's just there's some human behavior yep. kind of deep primal stuff uh, that happens, you know, you just, it's how we still <laughs> connect and build trust and, yeah. and uh um, it's, it's good, uh, whether that happens in small groups or even yep. just sort of one-on-one from time to time, you know, the, the more that people can connect in person, the more that the better that they can do work remote remotely. Yeah. Yeah. The better. Are there, um, are there totally tricks, tips, and, uh, like ideas that you've, uh, uh, come up with, um, for your team or your processes that, that you feel like are, are unique um, that you might want to share with others? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, right? So I've been, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, when I was, when I was younger, I was following pretty, pretty aggressively like uh, Kevin Rose, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, so, you know, a lot of the things that, uh, these entrepreneurs were doing basically, um, you know, stuck in just my, my subconscious, if you think about it. So, um, yeah, like, but when we're talking about any, like, you know, uh, super cool tricks that we thought about, I mean, we have a lot of like small things, but Mm -hmm. nothing that worth mentioning at this point. Um, I guess it all comes down to like, Mm -hmm. we're, we're super productive as a team, you know, we're, we're working pretty efficiently at this point. Um, being an entrepreneur, it's not, it's not something easy. I bet you know that <laughs> it's like getting punched in the face every day, pretty much. Um, so yeah, the, the, the more, let's just say, um, empathetic is your team, the better in a way. Um, and I was like, personally, the one thing that I figured out on my own without listening to Gary Vaynerchuk or any other entrepreneur is basically the fact that. Um, you have to, you have to hire people, um, that are willing to scale with your company and not necessarily looking for the next paycheck, you know? Um, and that has been a game changer for me as soon as I realized it like a couple of years ago, um, uh, because the, the overall engagement with your team, when you're talking to people and you sit down with them and say, okay, what can we do different? How can we scale this thing? Or how can we do that? 
you see an enormous amount of like contributions coming your way um, that you were not hmm. basically expecting to see in the first place. So that's that's like a huge. So you're surprise saying hire you, people you know? with a bit of an entrepreneurial um, spirit themselves, sort of people that want to advance and and grow, for sure. uh, for and sure. and people that aren't particularly afraid of change. Yep. Uh, yeah, because if you hire people who are, hey, Correct. you hired me to stuff envelopes, and now you're asking me how you know how we would grow and. And and maybe you know if we yeah. could get a robot to stuff envelopes, that freaks me out. Uh, as opposed to pe- people with sort of a yep uh, a higher view, a, a higher perspective on, on things, who are real- realizing that getting the robot into stuff envelopes means that they can advance and in, and in, into into other things in in the company. Um, yeah, yeah, correct. Yep. And then we're, we're also looking for like, you know, people with high IQ, like with uh, one of the primary things that we're looking for is obviously empathy um, and the willing to grow. Like surprisingly, I've personally interviewed, especially during our first years, uh, more than like, what, 150, 200 people by now. Um, and I've talked to so many people. They're just, you know, they're not obviously saying no, I'm not willing to scale with you, but you see that they're like looking for um, something that feels safe in a way that in which, you know, the, the, it, it would be something that they would just mm-hmm. do on a daily basis, get paid. And like by 6 p.m. they would say like, see you tomorrow. Right. So I'm obviously not looking for people like that. On the other hand, I'm not also looking for people <laughs> that are going to be working, you know, overtime every day. Right. Um, but I guess it all comes down to like, how how much you respect your team, how much you respect your colleagues, right? Um, and whether they have the same values as you and the rest of the team, whether they, there's like respect in the team. So we've never had a conflict, uh, which is, I feel yeah. like it's something, you know, really rare, at least from what I've seen and experienced, like like I've mentioned earlier, when I'm talking with other CEOs, with other teams, C-level executives yeah. and so on, uh, we haven't had a conflict over the years, not even one. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that, obviously. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, we must be, yeah. we must, well, you, you, know, must you be get a larger right, right? Uh, talent pool to choose from when you're, you're hiring remotely and you can hire people cer- certainly that you respect and are, that are respectable by other people in yeah. the team. And then there's becomes this sort of mutual, a culture of mutual respect. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally agree on that. Especially uh, when we realized that uh, by 20, 2015, we had about um, like 50,000 CVs like pending in our inbox folder, you know? And, you know, there was this, there was a Sunday in which I was like, okay, I'll try to go through as many as I can. And within just one Sunday, I found like, found out the fact that there were like more than a handful of people from like, really reputable companies uh, talking yeah. about Apple, Facebook that wanted to work yeah. with, with us, you know? And I was just shocked, you know, I was like, what? <laughs> so, you know, it, it felt good. It felt good for sure. One of the things that you're looking for obviously is empathy, but I don't know that that is obvious to uh, all of the listeners uh, of, of the podcast. It's certainly something that I look for too, but uh 
what is it about empathy that that makes for better uh, workers, but also better remote workers? I guess empathy is everything, at least to me, right? Like, um, you know, being able to understand um, the other person, whether that's your customer, whether that's your colleague, whether that's a partner that you're working with, is pretty much everything, right? It's definitely related to like psychology, but it's not something that you study. It's something I feel like that you're that you're born with. Um, from my perspective, um, surprisingly, I I was always close to people with like um, really that they were like really focused into like being there for other people, right? And that has helped me basically develop that skill. I don't I don't even know if we should call it a skill, right? I don't think it's a skill, but people with empathy just tend to perform way better than others, but it's not just about the performance. It's also about the understanding. Because if you have like five people, four of them are like full of empathy, like it's obvious and everything. And you have one other guy who's just, it's not the same, right? Um, You'll be able to tell the difference. And I guess in a, in a way more negative way, if you think about it, Um, having empathy is really important for me. It's even more important than having a bachelor's degree, to be honest with you. Um, I We've hired people that were like self-taught like I was back in the day, right? That had like tremendous amount of empathy. Like they had the willing to grow. They, they were like, the, they had the determination basically. And I was like, okay, let's do it. You're going to scale with us. We hired basically an Android developer back in the day who um, was just starting out with his first Android app. And we already had our app out there and we're like, don't worry, come with us and you'll learn. We'll help you learn, basically. We'll we'll provide you like, we'll offer you like the resources, the tools for you to learn faster and you'll get to work with our product. You'll get to experiment with our product. We could have easily um, hired someone who has like 10 or 15 years of experience, right? But we wanted to hire a guy who's going to stick with us and appreciate uh, the gesture as well from our side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a growth process. You're you're thinking more long term. It's about team building. Uh, it's about interaction of the team. Um, you know, there there are certainly cultures out there that are set up to be more competitive, uh, less empathetic. Uh, you know, less of, of a team and more of yeah. a, a a competition between the employees. And I, you know, I. I I, I assume that it works in some environments or people wouldn't be doing it. It's not something that yeah. I gravitate towards. But certainly when you have these barriers of distance between people and the electronics needed to communicate with one another and all that kind of stuff, to set up another barrier ba- barrier in it being an adversarial situation uh, makes it bad <laughs> it, it's, it's really difficult for oh, productivity yeah. <laughs> for retention for yeah. all the all the all the things that sure. uh you know most of the advantages of of being distributed uh start to evaporate away um yep, totally. talk to me a little bit about productivity uh do you feel like that there are certain um keys to keeping people productive you talked certainly about like the hours people are not spending all that time commuting they can kind of you know their time's more flexible are Mm -hmm. there other ideas that come up around that so i mean i can definitely talk for as as an individual about productivity when it comes down to our team 
Uh, what we are doing as as a team is at this point is we have, of course, this different channels on Slack about health and like working out, right? So, and we try to set like weekly goals uh, with each other. Say, you know, this week we're going to be doing like a ten thousand step a day uh, competition and stuff like that, which is sure. which is fun, right? When it comes down to like work productivity, bro, uh, though, and and efficiency, um, I mean, we we try to keep things simple, right? So we create, for example, different like different people have different responsibilities, um, and if they have, uh, and that's why empathy is important. Like if they have uh, the capacity to take on more work and help us grow, because we're not like a you know uh, fifteen hundred. Uh, employee company right like huge company so they get that we're just a small team of like 28 people so the more you're able to accomplish as an individual on a daily basis the faster we'll grow like every every small detail basically matters especially when you have like uh, um, like a small team right so they get that you don't know how many people that i've had uh especially the past few months that just reach out to me and say evan I feel like I can do some 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 additional work in this on or that field, right? And I haven't even asked for something like that. Um, so, like talking about productivity, uh, I don't think it's all about the hours, right? It's about taking breaks. It's about loving what you do, basically. I mean, not everyone can be like an entrepreneur for too many different reasons, but having passion for what you're doing and being happy is one like just a couple of the most important things um, that you should be focusing on, either as an entrepreneur, as a leader, or even as an employee, right? Um, there's a huge difference between a happy uh, team member and obviously an unhappy team member. Uh, the productivity could be like yeah. 2x or even 3x when we're talking about the feelings of someone and whether they feel fulfilled, whether they feel happy, whether they feel that they're making, um, you know, they're making a difference, they're doing something that matters, right? Um, so from my perspective, um, I feel like, you know, as a team, we're like super productive. As an individual, I mean, I'm, I'm all about like productivity hacks from my side, daily workouts, meditation and stuff like that. Um, and I can definitely tell you that everything works pretty much, you know, it's, it's all about um, your, your daily habits. It's not about, you know, working out once a week or meditating once a month. It's all about creating a beautiful routine, you know, uh, that you also enjoy following yourself. Like you don't have to say, Oh my God, I have to work out right now. Right. <laughs> um, how many of us said that? Like many times for sure. Like you feel tired some days and, um, others, you're just not into it. But the point, my point is here, uh, that you need to, enjoy and feel like enjoy what you're doing, feel, feeling fulfilled, feeling motivated, m like the majority of the time. Right. And sticking to like a daily routine that just suits you, that just works for you as an individual. Right. Um, so like at gadget flow, we definitely talk about these things, you know, sharing articles with each other. We're doing like monthly one-on-one -on -one coffee calls as we call, as we, as we call them um, in which, you know, our team basically jumps Mm -hmm. uh, on a call yep. with another random member, you know, and they just talk about something totally relevant yeah. from work. They're not supposed to talk about work. They talk about productivity, traveling, working out, uh, movies or whatever, you know, and everything in between. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we're doing at this point. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds great. Um, 
cool. Uh, is there any, anything else to add? Any anything that uh, we didn't touch on that 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 you'd hoped we we would touch on? Um, I mean, not not necessarily. Like, uh, I think that we went through all the you know main points here. Cool. Um, yep. Sure. And if people want to follow up with you, uh, uh, where should they get in touch with you? Um, I mean, they can they can check out my website, Evan Versamis. Uh, .com, or they can either check like our platform at thegadgetflow.com. They can also follow me on Instagram at uh, E-V-A-N-V-A-R, which is uh, Evan Barr, basically. My username. Great. Super. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast and sharing your stuff. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Take care. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye, Evan. <laughs> take care.